0: Hey, everyone, thank you for tuning in again. This is Paul Grand on the Outcomes Rocket MedTech podcast. I am very excited to have you here with us again today. If you haven't heard me before, I'm the CEO at MedTech Innovator, which is the world's largest medical technology accelerator. You can learn more about us at medtechinnovator.org. There's a link to that in our show notes. In this series, I've been interviewing medtech innovators and stakeholders who are working to improve outcomes in healthcare. There'll be a link in our show notes to a post about this episode on LinkedIn, and I invite you to join the conversation by clicking that link, sharing your thoughts, tell us what you think. I want to know what you think about the podcast, what you think about this episode. If you want to talk more to our guest, I'll tag her in the post and you can share this this journey with her as well. So let's go ahead and meet our guest for today, Natalie Artsy. Dr. Artsy is a co-founder and CEO at BioDevic. She's also a professor at Harvard Medical School and a researcher at the Harvard-MIT Division for Health Sciences and Technology. Natalie has specialized in biomaterials, and she focuses on the design of smart adhesive materials that are able to sense their environment and react in a graded manner with different target tissues to induce healing and reduce surgical complications. She received her Bachelor of Science in Chemical Engineering, as well as a PhD in the Chemical Engineering Department at the Technion in Israel. Welcome to the Outcomes Rocket MedTech, Natalie. Thank
1: you so much, Paul. It's really great to be here today.
0: Well, it's great to have you here. And listeners, in addition to everything I just told you about Natalie, she's also one of our five finalists in this year's MedTech Innovator Program, out of over 1,100 companies, which is a huge achievement. I'm really excited to share your story, Natalie, with our listeners today. So let's start off and just begin with the inspiration for you personally. What inspires your work in the medtech industry?
1: Oh, great question, Paul. I I think since I was a little girl, I really loved science. I was curious about how things work, and I love tinkering with materials and all the instruments that I found in the house. (laughs) I started studying chemical engineering and material science, and towards the end of my PhD, I realized that while I loved engineering materials to make airplanes go at a supersonic speed, I really wanted to invent technologies that can help patients that will have clinical impact. So for my postdoctoral studies, I joined Professor Elazar Elman's lab at MIT, where I started working on biomaterials, which was fascinating. I could integrate my knowledge in material science with biology and medicine. And there I really had the opportunity to develop smart adhesive materials that interact with the tissues in order to protect wounds and enhance clinical outcomes, really to eliminate complications associated with surgeries.
0: Fantastic. that's great. i love I love the background and that you've been interested in this, you know, since you were a little girl. So now you're not a little girl anymore and got some pretty exciting things that you're working on at Biodevic. So I'd love to hear about the founding of Biodevic. Tell me how uh, how the company got started and and came together in the first place.
1: Yeah, so during my postdoctoral studies, I really work in in this field of biomaterials. And then I started my lab at Brigham and Women's Hospital, which is part of Harvard Medical School. And that really enabled me to interact with clinicians in order to understand what unmet clinical needs they view as the most pressing ones, so that we as biomedical engineers would be able to work on it and come up with solutions. I remember talking to the head of the Division of Colorectal Cancer the, the Brigham, and he told me that he was treating a patient that had colon cancer and had just undergone surgery, waiting to recover and receive his first chemotherapy dose. That patient, however, suffered from leakage from the suture line in his column, leading to gut content leakage, drainage procedure, and really delayed the chemotherapy in eight weeks. At that point, he was really concerned that the tumor will come back before this patient can even get the chemotherapy. I was really shocked. I thought, how is it even possible that despite all the technological advancements, the incredible potent drugs that we developed for to treat such complicated disease, we're still struggling with better wound closure following surgery. So I set it up for myself as a goal to become really an expert in the field, come up with better solutions that will allow patients to come out of the surgical room happy, knowing that the procedure is behind them and not to be worried about the potential complications that may arise. So that was really why we wanted to start biodevec. Devec, DEVEC, by the way, in Hebrew means adhesive. So it's bioadhesive that can be injected or sprayed and applied in in every procedure and surgery in order to prevent complications in patients and really to make a, a big clinical impact
0: that's terrific and thank you also for giving us the uh, origin of the name that's really great to to know i didn't even know that so i learned something new today that's great thanks natalie so that's how the company started i know that you're working on some really exciting materials so let's let's talk a little more specifically about them what unmet need does the product that you're developing address you know what does it do you know tell us how it works and what makes it special
1: so yeah it's our first indication We were really aiming to eliminate complications following polyp resection in the colon uh, during colonoscopy procedure. The idea with colonoscopy is to detect early polyps and resect them before they they become cancerous. And since it takes between 7 to 10 years for a benign polyp to become cancerous, early detection and resection can virtually eliminate colon cancer. To me, this is incredible. This is an area where we can make a big impact. There's no other cancer that you have such good means to eliminate altogether. This realization, in fact, led to an increase in the number of colonoscopy procedures. There are 20 million procedures that are conducted every year in the US alone. And by the way, out of these patients, 600,000 will be identified with a polyp that will have to be resected. Out of these, 10% will suffer from bleeding either during the procedure or up to seven days after the procedure, in some cases will we'll require emergency surgery. And 7% of them will be readmitted to the hospital and hospitalized for at least one night. It's more than 40,000 patients that are otherwise healthy that will find themselves hospitalized after a routine procedure that is only supposed to protect them from future cancer. We want to absolutely prevent that with our technology. And we thought that this is an area where we can make an immediate impact and then expand to other applications. So what's unique about our material? Our material can interact in a graded manner with each tissue and patient, which means that if the tissue surface is different and we know it is different even within different areas in the column, and of course, between patients, we need a material that can sense that, interact well, in order to coat and stick to, to the area of the resection and not fail and, and just slip away. So this material can be applied very easily using existing endoscopes and improve the quality of life of patients, improve outcome at a very, uh, at a reduced cost. In fact, this readmission to the hospital costs about 500 millions a year that we can absolutely save. So this is a unique material that can be applied directly and does not require any other procedure. In fact, for acute bleeding, there are some materials that can stop the bleeding immediately. However, they cannot guarantee that bleeding will not happen a few days later. In other cases where polyps are small, Clinicians will apply small clips through the endoscope. However, they need between six to 12 clips per one polyp, which requires a lot of time. It's costly. Those clips actually fall off and impede wound healing. In larger polyps that have even more complications, those clips are too small to be applied. So in fact, those wounds that are really problematic remain uncovered and the patient sent home. Really with a high risk for perforation or bleeding, And that's what we want to prevent.
0: So that's a huge, it's a huge difference, right? Because I think about colonoscopy, as I think a lot of people do, as being a procedure where, you know, people go in and, you know, they come out after a nice sleep and everything's fine. But as you said, when you actually look at the the 20 million plus colonoscopies in the U.S., unfortunately, with complications, you've got a lot of patients who aren't leaving in such a great condition and they need those clips because they've they've had perforations or worse and then then i can't believe that number that you mentioned earlier that seven percent then have to go on who've had polyps removed to be readmitted Back to the hospital that's actually a huge number a huge percentage for what i consider and i think probably a lot of people have considered to be a fairly benign procedure so that's really good to know and as you mentioned those clips although i know they've been getting better and better over the years you know as you said they fall off and they have problems and ultimately if you can just spray on a material that is able to you know ensure healing that's a huge advancement so really exciting that you're doing that and of course One of the things that made us really interested in you in the first place so maybe you could just tell us a little more about you know because you've done such a good job already of covering really what this value proposition is right like maybe just give us the quick sum up version of the value prop again so what are the main things that you're going to be able to do at biodevic
1: i think we can have immediate market penetration that will really transform the quality of life for patients improve outcomes following surgery, and really reduce costs both for the patient and the hospital. But I think what we really care about is making an impact for patients. And I think that's the biggest thing we want to focus on.
0: That's great. So that's the triple aim, right? You're covering all three, all three of those things. So that's fantastic. Thanks for giving us some more detail on that. So let's move on a little bit. You've already told us again, how you're different than some of the competition and some of the standard of care, I should say that's out there. Would you say that you completely displace the clips that are in the market today? Or do you see this as something that's going to be done initially with clips or is it a standalone?
1: What we've seen actually in uh, large animal studies is that when we apply the clips and the material on top, it actually helps the clips remain in place and not fall off. So this is actually an, an opportunity for clinicians to use both of them. I believe that some clinicians will want initially to continue using clips. I don't necessarily think that we need that. In fact, the larger polyp that are more problematic, the clips cannot be used. So I think if we have a solution, the biodevic material that can be sprayed and protect the lesion, there's no need for the clips that, in fact, exert a lot of stress on the tissue, a lot of tension, and impedes healing. So to me, if we can have a compatible material that has similar mechanical properties to that of the tissue, and it covers it, it enables the natural healing mechanism of our body to take place, and we don't need to interfere with that.
0: Yeah, no, I've, I've heard that expression now many times from people who, who've who talked to me about biodevic along the way, in addition to you, you know, we've talked to others and I keep hearing those words again, like we don't want to interfere with wound healing. And I think that's really, that's really a key here. So let's talk a little more about, you know, this journey, because you've been on a journey, right? As an innovator, you know, you're coming from academia where, you know, that's people always say, oh, it's great because you can, you can, you know, learn and and work and do your research in a safe environment, but there's nothing safe about a startup company. You know, that's, you're you're creating something and you're taking risks. So I'd love to hear, you know, along the way, have there been any, you know, real surprises, any big setbacks that you've experienced? And what was a key learning from that?
1: Oh, yeah. So I tend to say that I really love challenges, but there was one setback that was really difficult. A couple of years ago, exactly, you know, when COVID started hitting, we were actually in the middle of negotiation with one of the, you know, leading companies, one of the products that we developed in Biodevac And we were so excited After so many years of work, really understanding the science and the mechanism behind how the technology, you know, works, we got to the point where we almost see, you know, the light at the the end of the tunnel. And just right there, it was the worst timing for us. COVID started, a lot of companies actually backed off and our partners were one of them. And it all suddenly halted, came to a stop. It was really hard. But I think that, you know, we believe in our product. We demonstrated very good results, performance in large animals, and I'm sure that we will find the right partner for that product as well. In the meantime, we made sure we continue to work hard, you know, fueled with a lot of energy and motivation to make an impact. And here we now find ourselves, you know, at the final competition for MedTech Innovator. We're extremely excited and there's always something good around the corner.
0: I like the way you put that. I agree with you completely. There's always new things, new good things around the corner. And for every time in my career that I've had a setback, there's always something that came up where I go, God, I'm really glad that happened because you know things worked out the way they were meant to be. So that's great to hear, great attitude. And I know you've, you're talking to multiple partners. There's a lot of people out there who you're working with and potential partners in some cases. And I know we can't get into details about those today, but just, you know, again, with a polymer material like this, with a biomaterial that has the these kinds of properties, you can potentially have you know a platform here with many many different partners and many opportunities. So uh, that's the right thing to be doing. So let's move on just a little bit. You know, you you mentioned the, those animal studies, and I know that's something that you're excited about, Natalie. So can you tell us a little more about those chronic animal studies and why they're so important?
1: Yeah. So. We conducted the studies in large animals, in pigs that really represent, you know, very close to the human gastrointestinal tract. So it was really important for us to see how the material performs, not only in the acute state, but also chronic, so over time. And I was really excited to see that the promise of our technology starts materializing. We were really hoping to see that after a few days, you know, in the first week or so, we will see some improvement in how the lesion looks. We were hoping, of course, to prevent bleeding, not to see any issues with gut content leakage because of perforation. During the procedure, many times, you know, one can puncture a hole in the intestine. So the material should prevent, you know, gut content leakage. And we were really holding our breath with every experiment. And we were so happy to see that our material was able to prevent complications in 100% of the cases. But what was really making me happy is that after five days, we could barely identify the site of the resection, the wound there healed completely. And the first pig, we, we thought maybe we're looking at the wrong place, but we went on and on and we just couldn't find the lesion. That was incredible. We didn't expect to see such enhanced wound healing, while in the control groups where there are either clips or no biodevic material, you could still see the red tissue inflamed, you know, after the procedure. So that was extremely exciting. It was really exceeding my exp- my expectations. So it's always great to see you know, the knowledge, the science, and then, you know, years of development, you know, end up being so successful.
0: Great. And I know that that evidence is exactly what people are looking for, whether it's potential partners, investors, and others, you know, they want to see the evidence, they want to see the data that shows this is going to work and not just you know, not just on a bench, they want to see it in a living system. And that's really exciting that you've been able to achieve that. So congratulations on that. We've talked about a lot, Natalie, we covered a ton of topics here already. Before we conclude, I'd love you just to kind of think back again, reflect on the conversation. You know, are there any closing thoughts you want our listeners to take away when they think about Biodevic, you know, what do they want them to remember? And also, where can our outcomes rocket MedTech listeners get in touch with you if they want to follow up, if they want to write a check and be an investor, if they, you know, whatever it might be, how do they find you and get in touch with you? So, closing thought and where should they find you?
1: Yeah I think that people should pursue their passion dare to do things that are completely new not be afraid where there's absolutely no solution or if they start a completely new field I think that's where inventions you know arise Um, I'm really grateful for being able to run a multidisciplinary research lab at Harvard and to translate technologies that we see promise, you know, into the clinic. look forward to making an impact on people's lives and to become a role model to the next generation of scientists and entrepreneurs. I would love to follow up with listeners that are interested in the technology. There is my lab website, natalieartsy.com. My email is natalie.artsy at biodevec.com. That is N-A-T-A-L-I-E dot A-R-T-Z-I at bio, D-E-V-E-K dot com. Also for people that will be at the MedTech Innovator Conference, I'll be there in person. This is very exciting and I love to meet people to follow up with conversations.
0: Fantastic. Well, I'm looking forward to being there in person too, Natalie. What a great Opportunity to finally be back together after so long. The MedTech Conference, where we'll be holding the finals on September 29th is a unique opportunity. It's where the leaders in the MedTech industry get together every year. It's Advimed's Conference, their annual meeting, and we just have had a great opportunity as an industry to get together. And in the case of MedTech Innovator, all of our, our CEOs, you know, as many as possible because of COVID, of course, some some limitations, but as many as possible are gonna be there in person, including you which is really exciting. Again, after all this time in COVID, we spent a ton of time on Zoom together, but it's just not the same, right? So I'm I'm looking forward to being there in person and I'm most excited about those finals. You're in there with some tough competition, Natalie, four other great companies, all of whom really deserve to be in those finals. You know, you're all winners in in effect by being in the finals out of 1,100 companies, but I'm extremely excited to see you get up there and give us that presentation for the listeners make sure you tune in to that finals competition. Or if this is after the 29th and you're hearing about it, that's fine too. You can go to medtechinnovator.org, which is our website, and click on the banner for the competitions. You can also go to the medtechconference.com. That's the website for the conference. And you could read about the competition and also hopefully watch it. You can stream it live. And if you're one of our attendees at the conference or if you're Part of the medtech innovator ecosystem meaning your reviewers judges one of our partners one of our 425 alumni or in our cohort you know you can vote too so we'd love to have you there because it's it's the audience that chooses the winner natalie as you know it's not the judges up on the stage but it's the audience so i hope you'll tune in and and watch and support and of course if you like biodevic and natalie's story i hope you vote for her in the finals First place is $350,000 of non-dilutive funding. So really exciting stuff. Again, thank you, Natalie, for being here.
1: Thank you so much, Paul. It was a great pleasure speaking to you today.
0: All right, listeners. So that's today's show. If you want to learn more, go to outcomesrocket.health. Also, if you again, search for us on LinkedIn, if you just find Outcomes Rocket, you'll find the post for today's show. Click on that link. And I invite you to chime in. I wanna hear what you think about biodevic. Reach out to Natalie, ask her questions. We want you to be part of the conversation. There's also a bunch of other great podcasts on the same network here. We've got our nursing podcast where you can learn about nursing innovation. We've got Outcomes Rocket Pharma on the latest what's happening in the biopharma industry. Of course, Outcomes Rocket MedTech, my show. And the original Outcomes Rocket hosted by Saul himself. Saul Marquez, talking to leaders and shakers in the healthcare industry. So thanks for tuning in today. Hope to see you all again very soon. And please do join us for the MedTech Innovator Finals, September 29th. Go to medtechinnovator.org for more. Thanks, all.